0: everything's waiting for you you just have to believe it's possible i'm karen Vaughan. this is the get off the bench podcast and here is where your courageous life starts hey guys and welcome to another week of the get off the bench podcast You know that I'm always saying, get off the bench, you know, go do that thing you love, do whatever makes you happy, just get off the bench. Some people actually get off the bench purely to serve others. And I think that this is just such an, an amazing quality. It's something that all of us need to tap into a lot more often because the more we do good for others, the better we feel ourselves and the more likely we are to go do the thing that we actually love for ourselves. Today's guest has gotten off the bench in the most incredible way and I am so honoured, so honoured to have him here with me. So let me tell you about him. Henry Darby is the principal at North Charleston High School in South Carolina and is considered nothing short of a guardian angel by many in his community. Upon realising that many of his students were struggling financially and some even being forced to sleep under a bridge or in their cars, Henry decided to do something about it. But rather than expecting authorities and the likes to do something, he rolled up his sleeves and got a part time job at Walmart, stacking shelves three nights a week from 10pm to 7am just so he could donate his paycheck to his students in need. Henry says, I was taught if your hands find something to do, do it. So I came to myself and said, perhaps I need another job in terms of part time. His selfless actions have led to the community donating close to $100,000 to the school to help the students, as well as Walmart donating another $50,000. Wow. Welcome, Henry.
1: Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Karen.
0: Uh, so I'm so thrilled to have you on the podcast because, as I mentioned in the in the intro, uh, there's a lot of people getting off the bench you know, for their own gain, you know, to what, what can I do to make myself happy? And what I love it when people get off the bench to serve others. And I totally believe if we serve others first, we feel great about ourselves. And then we, you know, we, we do amazing stuff. So you, you, you looking after your students and recognizing this need is just, it's, it's, um, I don't know, I think it's just the most humbling sort of, it's it's beautiful that people go out of their way to do that. But what about your upbringing? Were you were you raised to serve others? Like, you know, what, what sort of things were you taught when you were younger?
1: Well, yes, ma'am, very much so. Um, well, to start off with uh, my father died uh, when I was three years old. My mm-hmm. grandmother died when I was seven, and um, mm-hmm. my mother died when I was 17. Uh, but as a very young boy, my mother used to take me around to something called Old Folk Home. And at a very early age, she taught me how to braid and how to plait. And at the Old Folk Home, um, I had to wash their feet, I had to brush their teeth. And I'm talking with a five or six-year-old kid. Uh, braid their hair. Um, and as I got older, I had to cut wood for them. So I grew up learning how to serve others. Uh, it was something that I emulated uh, from my mother and her sister, uh, who were missionaries. And also I was, um, old enough also to learn that from my grandmother. So that's the, uh, the genesis of trying to help others.
0: Wow. (laughs) So, so they would have been very disappointed if you didn't help others.
1: (laughs) Uh, Oh, yes, very much so. Because even then, uh, when, when, when I used to do for others, I was not allowed to charge them for anything. You just have to do that. You're not going to charge him or her anything. So I just grew up trying to help people. And I also saw my mother and my sister and grandmother helping others. So it's just a part um, of my home culture.
0: Oh, that's And it, was that part of the reason you became a, a principal or a teacher? I presume you were a teacher first and then became a principal.
1: Well, my becoming a teacher was basically um, my mother's um, idea because because of the times um, in, in the American South where my mother was born, um, she could not go beyond the seventh grade. I mean, that was the law at that time. And my father who was born in Williamsburg County, he could not go beyond the second grade. And my mother, who was all, my grandmother who was also born in Berkeley County, she wasn't educated at all. But my mother always wanted to become a teacher. And since she could not become a teacher in her time, Uh, she structured that reality into my life. And I grew up uh, on my mother's lap saying that I'm hearing her say, you are going to be a teacher. You're going to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. So year after year after year after hearing that, um, I decided that I did want to become a teacher.
0: (laughs) That's fantastic. And if your mother wasn't saying that, is there another reality you would have created for yourself?
1: Yes, um, I would have gone into the military. uh, As a young man, I knew that I needed discipline. But of Vietnam was going on. And uh, my mother, you know, kept telling me, you are my only child, you're my only son. And um, I loved my mother so that I did respect her wishes and uh, did not go into the military. I went on to college. Uh, But the sad thing is, um, the the one year after I went to college, uh, my mother died, and she never saw my going into the classroom, but Uh her her reality, I mean her vision of my becoming a teacher came true.
0: Yeah. Oh, what a shame. But at yes. least you're leaving what what a legacy, you know, what a legacy your mother's left and what a legacy you. you're leaving for other people too. It's oh it's very admirable. I think, I think she did the right thing. We, oh, we
1: thank you, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we're, we're doing thank better you. <laughs> We're doing better with you on this earth than, than, than being shot in Vietnam.
1: <laughs> yes, ma'am. You made me laugh. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, um, bet the,
0: I bet the students are pretty pleased
1: too. <laughs> oh yes, ma'am. Uh, you know, at first, um, you know, Walmart was too good for them. They wouldn't work at a Walmart. But when they saw that the principal worked, a number of my students uh, went out to apply for Walmart, and uh, they got the job. So um, it's all about helping others, and uh, it, it was just a uh, I don't see anything fantastic um, of my doing so. I simply went to get a job, to get some money to help people. I I don't find anything so fantastic about that. I I really don't. But um, (laughs) they say so. So I I guess I'll just have to go along with it.
0: Yeah, but all all true heroes never see the greatness of what they've done. (laughs) Ah, okay. (laughs) So we'll, we'll have seen some of your students struggling and come to that realization that oh this is just beyond what I can manage you know I can't cope with this and it's so sad. Uh, what what sort of um, was there an initial feeling of helplessness did, like did you start off thinking I can't do anything about this?
1: Well well growing up, um, you know I taught economics uh, at one of the high schools where I uh, taught and um, I always taught my students about the three esters. Uh, you save, uh, you spend and you share. So I was at a point in my life where I was able to share with my students and my students' parents when they were in need of their lease being paid or food need, being a home or mortgage needed paid. And if the word got out, well, you know, you go to, Mr. Dobby, he'll help you. But it got to the point that um, it just wasn't enough. And I began going into my emergency funds And my emergency funds uh, is for my children and grandchildren. Mm -hmm. So when I started dipping into my emergency funds, something said, you you still have to help people. And at the same time, you want to save for your children and grandchildren, it's time for you to get another job. And that's when it was decided. Uh, Walmart was close and is close proximity to my home. And uh, my home was in close proximity to my work. So um, I went to Walmart and um, they gave me a position. (laughs)
0: Wow. So stacking shelves from 7 p.m. to 10 a.m. 10 p.m. to 7 a.m. Correct. When did you get any sleep?
1: (laughs) Um, I basically rest on the weekends. Um, I would sleep all day Saturdays and all day Sundays. Uh, For the first month or so, I was working five days a week and it got a little too much because I'm getting up in age now and there were some aches and pains. And I asked Walmart, "Could you mind reducing the four? And uh, of course, and that was a little bit too much. So I said, let me ask just one more time. So um, they allow me to work three days a week so I could manage that much more effectively than four or five days. And uh, that was Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. So on Saturday and Sundays, I just slept all day. I would go in at 10 o'clock and at seven o'clock I'm punching up because I have to be to work between 7 30 and 7 45.
0: Wow so effectively it wasn't just that you gave up your nights and you gave up the money you also gave up your weekends which are quite valuable yes. you know like when when you're as yes. you're getting older you know it's your weekends that you you sort of work all your life so that you can have that you know enjoyable yes. enjoyable things so you know, you've even given up um, the the relaxation part of your life, you know, to to help your students. Do you think they how? What sort of gratitude have they shown to you for doing?
1: Oh my goodness! Um, there have been uh, many thanks, and we appreciate it. Um, we appreciate you doing this for us, Mr. Darby. But the fact of the matter is, uh, the, the actual greatness came when donors and contributors throughout the United States and folk from, you know, Australia, Germany, uh, um, Africa, uh, and, and folks start sending donations to my school, North Charleston High. And I'm saying what a wonderful thing, because I wasn't going to have it publicized, not even the local press, but my executive director said, perhaps you need to do this. You need to do this. And I said, no, no. <laughs> and when he asked, uh, Mr. Trevor Stroudman, when he asked the second time, it was it was more like asking. It was almost like, you know, I'm going to advise you, please consider letting the story be told. And because of that, um, along with Walmart, the dollars came in. So folk are very appreciative. And I've had um, one young lady out of Texas, which is a great deal from South Carolina. She has given my school a food pantry and a laundromat. Wow. I just the idea of people giving because they saw a principal Trying to help the students and their parents.
0: That is amazing. Yeah, I saw you. I don't know where I saw you. It might have been on Facebook or something like that. But it was on the ABC uh, Eyewitness News story. And yes, ma'am. Ah, it was. It was fantastic. And there's not enough of those feel-good stories. I'm so glad you shared because we see so much tragedy. You know, so many. Uh, you know, arguments and so much murder and just horrible stuff. Yes. all the time and when you get these little good news stories in your feed it really lights you up and I remember seeing it and I said oh, oh I've got to email Henry Darby <laughs>
1: <laughs> what a wonderful yes man. ma'am well thank you so very much <laughs> uh, Oh my! I think
0: we need to share we sh- we need to share these stories and we need to I think the other thing is too that we need to inspire people who Maybe think that they can't do anything about it. You know, we need to inspire mm-hmm. them to realize that there are, there are things I can do about it. You know, and it's not always it's yes. not always the big heroic things. You know, that that Garner awards and that sort of stuff. It, it can be you know simply just getting that part time job. There's a lot of people that, in fact, I think most people I know, most people around the world would would not give up their paycheck to um, uh, help others, you know, because they'd be thinking, oh, I'm getting all this extra money. I was going to help people with it, but now I can actually help myself and have a holiday.
1: Oh, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Well, um, that may have gone through my mind, but um, it was a uh, promise that I made um, that I was going to help my students with those dollars. And um, and, and and prior to that, you know, I was just coming directly out of the pocket, but I needed to do more. so. But yes, ma'am, every dime that I got, uh, went to my students and their parents. So, um, But in the final analysis, it went for a cause because when you have students, um, had two female students sleeping under a bridge, um, had one of my former students and her child, which was a student of mine, sleeping in their cars, or when you have a problem at home with one of your students and the parents ask you to come over and you see the living conditions, um, I think any other principal would have done the same if they were in my position. I don't think this is a vacuum with just, you know, a Henry Darby would do this alone. I think there would be many others who would do the same had they seen the conditions and were able to, um, to assist. I'm quite sure others would have helped me
0: out. Yeah. Was there any time where you thought, oh, why am I doing this? Like, I, I can't keep up. I'm so exhausted. I'm going to have to stop. Like, we, did that go through your mind? Well, I reckon it would have gone well, most weeks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, uh, well, a couple of times on one occasion, because at one time, I mean, I used to that I was the fastest worker um, at Walmart with a stock on the shelves, which I was. And um, there was one night I had this big cart. I mean, this huge cart. Over, over 2,000 pounds of um, chemicals I had to put up. So I was moving not as... Well as I should have, and I got written up, and I and I'm saying this is the first offense. I didn't get a warning or anything, and you're going to write me up. And I said to myself, not to my supervisor. I said, I don't need this. (laughs) But when I when I realized, you know, why I was there, it wasn't for Henry Darby. It was for my students. And um, a couple of times they would send me to the freezer, and it was exceptionally cold. I mean, cold. Do I really need this with arthritis? I said, I don't need this. But again, there was a greater need. But um, I thought about it, but never uh, did I contemplate seriously leaving Walmart.
0: Yeah, it's massive, isn't it? You know, I work with a lot of people, and I talk about you have to know your why. Yeah, you know, because there's whenever you're doing a project or or a startup or you know or whenever you're doing something like what you're doing, it's all very exciting at first, and then there's a big dip. You you know, and that that yes. dip is really challenging. It's really hard. It hurts us. You know, there's a lot of discomfort in there, and a lot of people give up in that dip. You know, and but mm-hmm. I always say to people, if you know your why, you have to be sure about your why. You know, because yes. that's the thing that when it's hard, that's the thing that keeps pulls you back up again. You know, and just keeps driving you along.
1: Yes, ma'am. True enough. True enough. Yeah. So I mean, my why was there um, simply um, to help others. And um, and until this, um I had to have this operation because when my surgeon, because the surgery had on my neck, he said, I could not lift my head up to stock shelves. He said, you can't do it any longer. I said, well, Dr. I mean, could we compromise on this? <laughs> he said, absolutely not because there were some bones implanted within my neck. He said, you just couldn't do it anymore. And I actually, you know, I shared some tears Uh, when I had to leave Walmart after seven months because I wanted to continue because Walmart for me has such a great health plan. (laughs) And here's the health plan. You go to work at 10, you get off at seven, and you don't eat anything (laughs) because had you been sleeping, you would not have been eating. And I went to Walmart wearing, wearing 260 pounds And when I left, I was wearing 220 pounds. So it was a great health plan. (laughs) So I missed that health plan. (laughs) That's fantastic.
0: (laughs) Well, maybe we all need to get a job at Walmart. I'm putting on a few pounds too.
1: (laughs) Yes, I I just didn't eat. As you know, as the other, um, my co-workers would have lunch early morning, three or four o'clock. I didn't. I would drink water and was burning all those calories night after night. I, I mean, the weight just went down. It, I was, and I felt so good about myself. I really felt good. I'm now I'm lighter, trimmer. Um, <laughs> my knees aren't hurting anymore, and um, it was just a beautiful. This uh, I call it my health plan. Walmart's health.
0: plan. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I love it. So you're not working there anymore. That's that's quite sad. But um, the community has you you know given so much to your school. So. Do you yes. think that with the, yes. um, so you instigated it and then the communities helped it along and Walmart also gave 50,000 to, you know, to your school.
1: Yes, ma'am. Are you now, yes, is your
0: school now in a position um, to support all of these students?
1: Uh, Karen, let me tell you, ma'am. The outpouring that this nation and people from around the world gave, my students are doing exceedingly well with the donation and contributions, ma'am. No one has gone lacking of paying uh, in terms of the light bill or water bill or paying mortgage. Uh, In the past, uh, when this was a single thing by Henry Darby, uh, I think on two or three occasions I was taken advantage of. But now that there's an entire booster club where we have 10 or more people, um, there's set of guidelines where people will not be able to take advantage and people are actually being helped um, food is uh, ever ready here, and it's just amazing uh, that the funds and and because we had one donor who simply came in and gave my students um, ten five thousand dollars scholarships. I, I, it's just amazing, and uh, we have a good number of volunteers, but a good number of companies. I, I just can't I can't elucidate. In terms of what they have done for North Charleston High School.
0: Wow, that is fantastic. When did you, when, you know, the two that were sleeping under the bridge, when, how did you become aware of them sleeping under there?
1: I almost, and I get emotional now, just even to think about it. Um, Every morning I am in front of my school, you know, ushering the kids to class. Let's go, let's go. And these girls were late and late and late. And I really jumped on, I said, I'm tired of y'all coming to my school, I'm tired, I'm tired. And someone informed me, Mr. Darby, they don't have a house, they're sleeping under a bridge. And I said, what, are you kidding me? And right then, because I I tell people because of my age, I don't ask people for money. Um, I wasn't taught to ask people for money. Uh, The old folks taught me that if you want something done well, you do it yourself. So when I saw that there was a financial need I said, I'm not asking anybody for money. I'm just going to go out, get a job, and help people, uh, such as my two students. But that's when it really started. When these girls and it, females sleeping under a bridge, I said, absolutely not. That's not going to happen anymore. Mm-hmm. So we were able, you know, to get them a place to stay, and um, and it, it just went on from there, Karen.
0: Wow. And what about the the woman that was sleeping in the student sleeping in a car with a with a child?
1: Well, we were able to uh, make a deposit for the first month uh, that she got herself together. So she did. Um, and I told her, um, and this was before Walmart, I said, now nah, I have other parents coming who are needed." need. I said, you don't have to give the money back to me, but at least give it back to the school. So when another parent comes, we can do that. But she didn't give it back. So <laughs> we have to come up with more funds. Uh for others to come. And there were times uh, I've gone to homes and uh, uh, one situation, uh, one of my students was causing problems. There were two brothers and I'm I'm old fashioned principal. I visited homes, it was around 8.30, nine o'clock at night. And Karen, uh, when I went to the house, I could look through the window because there were no curtains. And what I saw through the windows, I saw uh, mattresses on the bed, no carpet. Um, And that really disturbed me. And I said, no, uh, I'm just, I got to help. Because these, I take my students as my own biological children. Um, I really love them. I really do. You know, sometimes I have to um, give them a good tongue lash. There are times I give them hugs. But these are my children, and I'll do what is necessary to help them.
0: out. Wow. Wow. Do you think um, COVID, you know, impacted your, because you come from a community where poverty, there's a lot of poverty.
1: Yes. Did, did yes.
0: COVID really made that worse?
1: Oh, of course it did, ma'am. I mean, no, no, no question about it, because of course the uh my demographics, they have the lower level jobs in terms of cooks and they have to catch the bus. Uh, they are maids and they work at hotels and things of that nature. And if the hotels aren't making money, you know, people are gonna get laid off. It very much, um, even to the point that. Um, the school, as in all the schools, uh, our superintendent, Dr. Polstowit, she made sure that every child was fed um, at least twice a day in terms of breakfast and lunch. And they took these food trucks, a uh, young man by the name of Mr. Borori, who was head of it, he made sure that these trucks made to the community that kids could have something to eat. Uh, that's how much we in Charleston County love our children, because we like to deal with the whole child. Mm. Uh, not just the educational aspect, but also the uh, the social aspect.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it teaches them too, you know, to 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 then go on and serve others, you know, and and and. Uh, well, sorry, go on.
1: Yeah, no, but and and um, you know, when I uh, went to college, I didn't have, and uh, this this minister who did so well for me, because again, you know, my my mom and everybody they were gone, and um, I didn't have the best of the best, and uh, he like took a liking to me and. You know, he bought me clothes and I drove his car and he fed me and he would never take anything and all he would say is pass it on And I'm saying, wow, pass it on. So what he taught me now is what I am doing passing it on and I now tell the kids whom I try to help you got to pass this on because when you get into your careers and you are now self-sufficient, you're able to help others you need to think about a principal who wants help you. That they may pass it
0: on as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that you know, you're right. It only takes that one person, doesn't it? Just one person to believe in us, you know, and, and it can change everything for us. And we talk about it when we're older. That one person did this for me, you know, and yes. it changed everything. Do you think? um yes. Yes. Do you think that you what you're doing or what you've done, you know, that this what you've sort of inst- stilled in the school. Do you think that the students now really feel seen and feel that they matter a lot more than they did before?
1: Yes, ma'am, because they know that someone care, cares for them. Now, some of my students think I'm the meanest guy around, <laughs> but they heard I work for Walmart. They they had to admit that, you know, Mr. Darby loves us. And um, when I was out for about eight to nine weeks because my surgery, students are asking, where's Mr. Darby? When is, when is he coming back? We miss him. So that type of connection that, you know, we develop relationships here at North Charleston High School. So no, they they were and are very appreciative. Uh, even kids who graduated, who are in college, if they need uh, financial assistance, we help them as well. Wow. So it's just not the kids nine to 12. We have a kid in the college, a freshman, sophomore, senior. If they need funds, they come to the school and we help them out as well.
0: Wow, that's that's fantastic. When you started working at um, Walmart, did you try to hide it from the kids? Like we, you-
1: yes, I did. I tried to hide it from everybody um, because when I started working, I, you know, I wanted to go through my uh, executive director, Mr. Stradman, you know, just to get his approval because had he really said, "Well, Darby, I don't think you'll have enough time," because you know, teaching an education here as a is my Primary position here. And had he said, I don't think we would have enough time, I perhaps would not have tried to find another means. But I tried to keep it as esoteric as possible. And the very first night, uh, one of my students were in the store and I had him a vest. Hey, Mr. Darby, you work for Walmart? I said, Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was it. It was on. It was on. <laughs> So yes, ma'am, I, I did try to hide. Yes, I did.
0: And once it was out yes, in the ma'am. open, what, what was it? The talk
1: well, well, the, the one the, the reason it got up because I do have uh students um in terms of who have you know various disabilities and whatnot, and they really did not want to work for a, a Walmart because again, they think the Walmart is beneath them. So the job coach, uh Mr. Rodney Murphy and I were talking, and he said, I've got this problem, my kids did not want to work at Walmart. I said, I'm working at Walmart. And I sent him a picture. And meanwhile, um, I said, I know where to work. They'll believe this. I had um, my position as an associate on my webpage, Mr. Charleston County Council. So the kids could see that Darby, see, yeah, he does work for Walmart. (laughs) But then a news reporter saw the bio uh, on County Council and wrote about it. And um, that was the genesis in terms of the general public knowing, but I, I did try to keep it secret.
0: I saw that you well, you didn't do a very good job, did you just
1: no, <laughs> first I did not.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. And then I just saw you on a an unsung hero award. Um, I don't know thing on the internet. I, I don't know what it was. Did you, oh, but you didn't say that. Oh, now I've dobbed
1: you in. <laughs> no no I um uh, because I know B, BET had you know had done something on well only as well but I, I've never seen it um because I just don't have the time you know to look at TV other than the news and whatnot but uh yes several folk have come to me and said well did you see well no I had not seen it I, I did not see it so but no ma'am I, I just didn't see it
0: you better have a look it's on um B, yeah bet.com actually I'll tell you where I found it on LinkedIn. Uh, walmart on linkedin shared really shared that story yeah okay
1: better, i'm gonna have to you check that go out. And out have ma'am a look. <laughs> yes ma'am i will i will because you look fantastic <laughs> well thank you thank you
0: <laughs> so i don't know whether that's an award or whether they just um you know showcase people who are doing wonderful things you know
1: well, I know um, before I left, they they did a little filming of me and whatnot, but I didn't go beyond that. I you know I didn't go searching to see what was published or anything of that nature. So that that yes, man, that's that's possibly what it is, man.
0: <laughs> that's very a lot of humility on your part there.
1: <laughs> oh well, oh, thank you, thank you very much, thank you.
0: Oh, do you do you um hope this inspires? Uh, You know, I'm not going to try and make you tell every other principal in in America to go get a job, but uh, do you you think it inspires other principals or other schools to, or do you hope it will, to look outside the box, you know, to start thinking about their students and start thinking about, you know, we have got some challenges here that we're not able to cope with, what else could we do? You know, maybe they don't have to get a job, but just to think outside the box Mm -hmm. a little
1: well, well, well Karen, um, to speak with all veracity and, and objectivity. And um I, I think what I, what I've done, I think it basically pales in comparison to what some principals are presently doing and what they have done for years. Um I guess it got a lot of publicity because it got published in the news media, but there are principals year after year all around this nation who are making many, many sacrifices uh, beyond uh, the dollar in helping their kids. I mean, you have principals going into war zones in terms of drug-infested community trying to save lives. So again, what was done with Walmart is basically pales in comparison to what many principals um, are doing to help their students, because this is not a a vacuum. Um, Are there principals who perhaps could do a little more? Yes, but there are a great number um, who are doing marvelous things to help their students man
0: and when you say these um i'm so glad to hear that that's that's wonderful when you, when you say these students that are practically going uh, to principals that are practically going into war zones you know to help these kids are these in low poverty areas you know in high poverty areas i should say mhm
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah
1: well yes i mean if you were to go to chicago you were to go to charlotte You were to go to Atlanta, um, it doesn't matter whether they're black principals or white principals or male principals or female principals. There are principals and administrators and teachers who are really doing great altruistic things for their students and they're not being recognized for it. Um, Again, you know, teachers, I mean, that's my first love teaching and the sacrifices that teachers and educators make, ma'am. I'm just surprised that in a country that we don't value our educators as we ought to. Yeah. Um, if anyone should be uh, paid a great, great salaries, uh, it ought to be our educators.
0: And I 100% agree with you. I think that, you know, I, I know I know quite a few teachers from the States and they they all just adore their students. You know, they just go over and above Um to, to keep yes, their ma- yes, kids, you know, functioning. And, and when they do have kids that are in trouble, I know how much it breaks their heart. So you know, yes, ma'am. I, I think yes, that's, ma'am. I think that I just, I just love it. What do you think your community has learned from your actions? I'm going to keep this focused on you because that's, you're the one I'm interviewing. Oh
1: gosh. Oh my. <laughs> um, um, I, I live in, uh, I was born and reared in a metaphys- metaphysical Poverty stricken, abstract poverty stricken community. It's called Liberty Hill. And again, it says I lost my parents quite early. Uh, you know, my aunt, and uncle, and my neighbors and my uh, uh, church members, they actually took care of me. And uh, Karen, if there's anybody, yes, I would like for America to be proud of me. I'd like for the state of South Carolina to be proud of me. I'd love for the city of North Charleston to be proud of me. but. There's a community called Liberty Hill. And if I have any desires, ma'am, is that I want the Liberty Hill community to be proud of me because I am one of it. Um, That that community, ma'am, through all that it has gone through from the period since it became um, a, a community in 1871 until now has done so much for me and I could never remunerate those folk who really helped me. So I just hope that my community is proud of what, um, and pardon the personal pronoun of what I've tried to accomplish over the years.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm sure they. I'm sure they would be. Is that does that let Liberty Hill still exist as a poverty poverty stricken area?
1: Yes. Uh, yes, ma'am. Um, the fact of the matter is, so many of well, many during my generation, we had the opportunity to become educated. We had the opportunity to go to college. And so many of us who have been educated, we are not returning. Now I can't speak to the the ladies because when they get married, you know, they go with their husbands. But there are so many men uh, who were educated and are doing well, very well, and they have not returned to the community. It's a form of um, brain drain, um, if I may say. And um, the gentrification, which is taking part in my community, uh, there's a statement that uh, Dr. King uh, made that a lot of people don't uh, remember. On one occasion, he said that um, uh, in terms of the African-American community, that it's, it's a form of a brain drain that the, we have left the stench of the back waters and not thinking about our drowning brothers and sisters whom we left behind. So there are more, I, I think, those of my generation and those brothers, uh, many of my community, they're more so concerned about their economic portfolio as opposed to their social portfolio. And um, But no, ma'am, the community is still poor, and I still live there. I could have gone to Atlanta, Charlotte, Boston, and whatnot, but I love my community so much that I could never leave.
0: Wow. Does that make you think about one day, you know, I don't know, like designing a project or initiating a project to just for that community, you know, to to empower the young people there, to to build them up, you know, external from the school?
1: Well, the the community now has become so transient, for one thing, and it's also being surrounded by um, upper-middle-class homes that ultimately is going to be squeezed out because of the tax dollars. And also, um, the the children of my generation—they are not returning. So within a generation or two, um, I, I don't want to sound negative, but I am just of the opinion: within a generation or two, within 35 to 70 years, uh, the Liberty Hill that I grew up in would no longer be. It would be transformed. Um, to the point that it won't be recognized um, in terms of its historic significance and value.
0: And do you think that'll squeeze some people out to become homeless if if that happens?
1: Well, not to the point of homeless, but a great number of them, uh, they move and sometimes they don't pay taxes. Uh, A good number of them, they sell their properties and whatnot. Um, I don't foresee that they'd be moved to be homeless, but I think it is something more self-inflicted. Uh, that is greener on the other side. Um, I've got neighbors, uh, Karen, who are actually now millionaires, and I'm literally speaking millionaires. But we don't see them anymore. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's funny how money changes people, isn't it? Really. We, yes. We need to look at money as a, as a good energy to to increase impact. You know, but um yes. we we often you know, ha- have a negative view of it and stash it and, you know, and then look down on others. And I, I, that's not the way, that's not the way the money no. exchange should work. It, it should be better than that. Wow.
1: No, ma'am, not at all. Because um I, um I know that I had equivocated when I started, you know, out as a teacher, even though it's my mother's dream. And I ultimately want to become, but in 19... 19- 79 i was working at a place called dupont and i was making at that time it was a good deal of money i was making nineteen thousand dollars a year and a principal mr um the gillard from burke high school asked uh father had a teaching certificate i, I want to teach at burke high school i said well no sir no sir am not interested he came back again no sir And he came back a third time and he threw some history. on me. well, you know what, you know, Dr. King sacrificed for you, Harry Tubman sacrificed for you. I need some teachers, male teachers and hit me something. So when our supervisors at uh, DuPont found about that, I was about to leave uh, this one. Mr. Darby, if you stay, we'll make you uh, a a supervisor and we'll increase your salary from 19,000 to 26,000. I said, oh my goodness. I said, I can't because I'm going to become a teacher. And Karen, my first year teaching teaching uh, was $10,000 a year. Yep. <laughs> so just the idea that comes a time when, and not to be arrogant, but there comes a time when individuals, you know, have to make sacrifices to help others. I mean, that's what life is all about, because I'm quite sure all over this world, I don't think Karen is where she is based upon her own merits. I'm quite sure somebody helped Karen. To get where she is today, <laughs> so I mean that's just life. Um, did somebody help you to get where you are today? Yeah,
0: that's true, and that's why we should surround ourselves with good people. Yeah, you know, people who believe yes. in us. And yeah, so you you were saying before, you know, that you uh, you the exchange is that you know I'm giving you money, I'm giving you support on the condition that you go and help somebody else. You know, you know that you, you yes. do that. Do you, are you starting to see a shift in the students? Um, generosity and kindness and thoughtfulness towards others? You, you might not.
1: Oh well, yes, ma'am. Um, and and I won't take credit for that because that was that was a when I first got here, that is something that I would challenge my kids to do to help out the older people because I would challenge them to go into the community to help pick up trash out of people's uh yard or to paint a mailbox, or we have football players to try to help the uh, do you know feed the needy yeah. but now i mean there's a great sense at north charleston high school is that it's uh um, it's all about helping others they even have little bulletins and posters on the wall now um uh, you know quoting you know henry darby let us learn to help others <laughs> so <laughs> i I and, I and i feel good about that because when i am long gone i am just uh, the opinion that some of my students will be around in these poverty-stricken communities helping others because others help them. But um, my expectations are so great for my student body. And um, these kids have really risen to the occasion. Uh, Last year, now not this present school year, last year, uh, Karen, uh, we only received uh, $700,000 in student scholarships. Last year, these kids worked so hard and worked so well, Uh, My students won $1,700,000 in scholarship. So, I I mean, these kids are positively thinking now, and that's just not an attribute of what Henry Darby did. But when we come from a collective effort from teachers doing what they need to do, administrators and parents doing better, they don't have to worry about a a car payment or light bill and food is on the table. Of course, um, we expect them to do better
0: but this but all of that is just because like I'm not going to say all of it but because now it's a right. collective but this all started just with you know with that one recognition I can't have students you know being in such a terrible state I'm gonna get a job and you've you've ignited this massive fire you know that's just sort of that's just really being sucked along and everybody's getting on the bandwagon and everything sort of just building and building and building and the momentum is fantastic and you talk about leaving a legacy you know you look at what you're leaving just because you <laughs> just because you chose to t- take a job a part-time job you know I think it's not in the job itself. You know, that's not the line. right. It's, it's it's what that has uh, caused this this big movement, you know, that it's it's created. And I think that's that's brilliant.
1: Well, well thank, you. thank you. Well, one of my neighbors, I guess about three weeks ago, he came to me and said, uh, Mr. Darby, there's a copycat. I'm saying I'm thinking something criminal is going on. <laughs> he said, there's a copycat. I said, what are you talking about? He said he read where a principal took on a job to help his students. <laughs> so I said, wow. I hadn't heard of that before but one time so <laughs> that was so beautiful to hear about so no matter people are making sacrifices to help yeah. Me. yeah oh
0: that's just so it's so wonderful it's so good to have all these good news stories I absolutely love it I love it now this podcast is uh get off the bench of course to inspire people to take action. And I I love getting to this question. This is great. So, um, you know, there'll be a lot of people out there witnessing things that hurt their heart and a lot of people will feel helpless. Like, I don't know what to do about this. What advice would you give them to encourage them to think outside the box and find solutions that not only help the beneficiary, but also help them feel good about themselves? What advice would
1: you give them? Now, the first thing I would do would, to listen to their pain and to empathize with them. And I use the word empathize, which is a very, very strong word. Um, I recall a very, uh, there's a story that there was a young man um, whose girlfriend was in the hospital and uh, she had a pain in her side that she had to go to the hospital. And when her boyfriend walked into the room, he said, Honey, there's a pain in our side. Mm -hmm. So until we have this altruistic perspective of the problems of others without seeking anything in return, we won't be able to see how to help them like we ought to. But when we make their problems a part of our problems, the vice versa, we will develop something. There's something about the human spirit that can't be tied down. When it's time for you to act, to produce, and to help, you're going to find a way to do that. So I would just encourage them to really listen to them, feel their pain, and just empathize, and you'll find the means of helping
0: someone. Oh, that's good advice. Yeah, because you're right. Sometimes we, we seek solutions, and we force solutions rather than just being in the moment and just feeling feeling our way through it. And the next thing often will appear in front of us. Just do this.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed.
0: Wow, I love it. You know, there's going to be a lot of people who want to follow your journey and, and, you know, connect with you. I don't know, you know, on LinkedIn and all that kind of stuff. And you don't have a website, so we can't look up Mister. No, ma'am.
1: <laughs> yes ma'am
0: <laughs>
1: no i i, I don't I, I really don't have you know the time you know for the uh for the media aspect of it because and, and not to be you know bragging but yeah i'm also a member of charleston county council where people are in need um you know we have to help when i say we i'm talking about council of the whole we have to help people with their roofs their roofs and uh, and all that the, the houses and and food and shelter you know it's always a need And uh, some of us are are placed here to help others. And I do take a panoramic trek onto the past. And I do say, you know, mom, thank you um, for doing what you did. And I didn't, my father lived long enough, but I'm quite sure he would have, you know, encouraged me to do the same thing along with my grandmother. And that is to help others because, um, and the final analysis, uh, Karen, there, uh, I I, I studied, um, Dr. King empirically for two long years. I I left teaching um, in in the 80s to go to Atlanta U to study Dr. King. And if there's anything I learned about Dr. King, he said that uh, the Kingian philosophy is you cannot help others without helping yourself in the process. So my trying to help others, Karen, I have really helped Henry Darby. Because Henry Darby is trying to help someone else. Now that's not a complete Aristotelian syllogism, but it is a truth nonetheless. Yep,
0: it absolutely is a truth. And when I sp- I think when you're talking about Dr. King, you're talking about Martin Luther King, aren't you? That yes, yes, <laughs> yes, that's right. I just want yes, to like yes ma'am,
1: yes, ma'am. I
0: tell you, I yes. I-, I-, I absolutely love Rosa Parks. You know, I I I talk about her all the time, and I ah. you know because often often Martin Luther King you know gets gets a lot of the credit, but you know yes people yes forget, yes people forget that she was the one you know that actually started yes. that movement, and he he, he yes ma'am to 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 keep it going. And the fact that I, I I do a lot of leadership talks and stuff like that, and I I often refer to her because I think that you, you know it takes courage it takes 20 seconds of courage just to change the world you know and what uh, yes. we can do it yes and she's you, you know people like yourself have got freedom because of which you should have oh, yes first place by the way right um because of people who you know just say "I'm i've had enough i'm not going to put up anymore and and just right courage not knowing what's going to come back at you because she could have it could have turned very bad for her and she said it anyway you know she she made her stand anyway and I I I just think
1: and and Karen that's that's a very powerful word courage
0: yeah uh
1: particularly when you know that harm could be done to you yes When you look at the Rosa Parks of the world, or the the Dr. King's, or Frederick Douglass, or Booker D. Washington, ma'am, it took courage to do those things. I don't know whether you know of a lady by the name of Viola Liuzzo. No, I do. And I I hope that someone would read about her, Viola, and her last name is Liuzzo, L-I-U-Z-Z-O. And here's a lady um, who made an effort from Michigan. She was married, she either had four or five children, and she heard that Dr. King was going to go to Selma to help Selma do some voting. And this lady left her husband and children and went to Selma, Alabama, not knowing the Southern laws in terms of you, you're not able to, you shouldn't ride in a car yeah. with a black male and have Northern license plates. And Miss Diazo, she lost her life, man, wow. trying to help others. And um, when we realize when it takes courage, you know, you know, people say, well, I, I had courage myself when I knew I needed sleep, but I didn't get it. I mean, that is a form of courage, not as they experienced in the 50s and the 60s, because, you know, there's a health thing yeah. that comes along with not <laughs> sleeping. So, but courage is a very powerful word. And I think that the more we develop courage and start worrying about self and worry about others, yes, ma'am, changes will be
0: made. Yeah. I agree. I love courage. That's my favorite word. It's it's such a such a big one. well and kindness. Ah, uh, maybe they're both together. Yeah. <laughs>
1: (laughs) yes
0: indeed kind kind acts of courage or courage courageous acts of kindness i'm not sure but they they fit lovely together but this is great and you know i'm going to i'm going to um in the show notes i'm going to put the the news story a link to the that abc news story and a link to that on uh the um bet.com bet.com so that people can have a look and you know just sort of get a little feel for your story but i think we've
1: Thank you we've,
0: we've i think if they haven't got a feel for your story by now you know we, they probably don't need to look it up but i, oh, wow. I have loved this so so much you're just a, a a beautiful human being and i i feel so honored to have you on the podcast i really do really do
1: well thank you for the opportunity and i'm if it's per i mean if it's permissible I would love to use the quote with some of my students here, get off the bench my yes, please,
0: please. as well as
1: sometimes my faculty, if they get a little tired, get off the bench <laughs> and my assistant principal, get off the bench or, or Darby. If you get a little weary, get off the bench. So, If I may use that quote, I'd be very appreciative, ma'am. You
0: absolutely may use the quote, and I tell you what, I will send your school five books to uh, five get off the bench books to throw in the library, oh, and some mag. Thank you. Yeah, my my absolute pleasure, and I will also offer you a a Zoom workshop too for nothing. If any of your kids want to jump on to a Zoom with me to get a project off the bench, I, I will do that for you as well. So.
1: Thank you. Oh, that's amazing. I, I will inform my own secretary to keep in touch with you, because oh, they would love that, ma'am. They would love well, that. Well,
0: I'd be absolutely honored, and just to do my bit for you, you know. And it's uh the, it's just how we pay it forward, isn't it? And
1: I. Yes, 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 indeed, yes, indeed. Pay it forward, pass it along. Yeah. Yes, ma'am.
0: So I will fulfill those promises. Don't worry about that, and. Uh, Thank you. Oh, this is wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining me. My listeners thank you. are going to love this story. I know. And it's um I just and I'd love to stay in touch. So let's do that. And
1: um please do. Yeah, please do. I will. Please do. So
0: so thank you very much. And we'll chat soon.
1: All right, Karen. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> See ya. Oh, guys, how good was that? I I absolutely love that, you know, these feel-good things. And, you know, Henry's saying, you know, I don't want this much recognition and I don't need it, I only did what, you know, what good people do. But I still think that not enough people are doing these great things. Imagine if we all just, you know, did stuff like that and we got to a tipping point where the world just worked for good and sometimes we feel a little bit you know overwhelmed or helpless and think that we can't make a difference in somebody else's life but we absolutely can and we just have to think outside the box and as henry said in there when we serve others we serve ourselves so it's if if you're having difficulties or challenges in your own life and you want to feel good about yourself the fastest easiest way to feel good about yourself is to help other people now in this show notes I'm going to put a link to that ABC eyewitness news um, article which was fantastic and also to the uh, well I'm not sure what it is but an unsung hero award or something like that that I found and I'll put a link into that as well so you can just you check out Henry in action and what a marvelous man and just by that small action of getting a job he's you, you heard that whole legacy is just you know building this momentum and it's a whole whole area whole community that's going to be different because of the actions of one man i know there's a collective now working on it but it was that one action in the first place so i really hope you've enjoyed this i have loved it and thank you again and thank you as always for joining me each week and i can't wait to come back next week so i'll see you then see ya hey thanks for joining me it really does mean the world to me Now, if you or somebody you know is doing amazing things, make sure you send me an email to info at getoffthebench.com.au. That's info at getoffthebench.com.au. Otherwise, head on over to my website at kerenvaughan.com and tinker around there a bit and send me a message. Okay, catch you next week.